Now, what was he possessed by? This is where we get into the extraordinary marshy ground of who and what an artist is. What an artist is, who an artist is, is simply somebody who helps you see reality again. So today, I'm very excited to speak with Daniel Kay of the DC local punk band, and he's the lead vocalist of Psy Op. They're releasing their debut EP. It's called Howl from the Void. Daniel, how are you doing, man? Everything's gravy. Good to hear. Good to hear. I listened to your album today, and I was blown away. It was incredible in so many different aspects. But before we listen to the, the art, I want to talk a little bit about your background. So could you talk about your path that uh, you have been on to get to a point where you wanted to create art? And also who are some of your greatest artistic influences? Sure, I've only really recently gotten to the point where I've been able to create and bring my music to the world. I've been writing for a long time ever and been wanting to uh, make music for as long as I can remember really, but just my, I was more focused on the actual, the words rather. This would be my first, my debut really as, as a vocalist. And so the music kind of was, came as like an outlet for my, my writing. And uh, just cause I like to make loud, angry, <laughs> righteous shit, you know, so. <laughs> so I would be remiss if I didn't tell the audience about a short story that uh, you allowed me to publish on Empathy Media Lab. And I think everyone should check out your writing as well. And I look forward to reading more of your work on that level. And seeing that your uh, songwriting lyrics and the composition of the songs are incredible, but we're gonna let the songs speak for themselves.
<laughs> damn. God damn. Incredible drum rolls, guitar. It's high energy. I can't wait to see it live. And yeah, yeah, Henry's a fantastic drummer. And this, this is like our most kind of just straightforward punk shit, really. <laughs> it's, you know, lyrically and, and musically. It's just, you know, expression of, of nihilism and rage and disgust. I love the opening and I, I want to get into your lyrics because I, I like your writing so much. Got the vision, but can't shake the coil. Film the revolt, but air the rerun. Cauterize the burn, but leave the tumor. Growing and growing and growing. There, there's so much, so much there. And yeah, as like, I see it, it is like the psychology being fragmented almost as you bang your head against the wall, almost sure. in like a psych ward. Yeah, the, the self is being fragmented essentially. But yeah, the psych ward is, is a really good analogy. Talk a little bit about the pre-production because there's a lot of people who have concepts to create an album. So you went from this concept in your head to now it's it's ready to be released. What what was that process uh, to help other artists out and to 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 kind of sh share how you made this uh, chili? Yeah, well, so PSYOP originated from poems and lyrics I had written over the course of about seven years, give or take. I didn't really have any conception of what I wanted to do with them at the at the beginning. They were just really honestly kind of kind of personal personal stuff. So in around 2017, I moved into a, a house with an old college roommate, Henry. He's a drummer in a grindcore band, Nomos. He was living with a really talented um, musician and producer named Jake, also known as Dagnabbit, which is what he releases under. And so kind of being in that that atmosphere and seeing them both be incredibly talented and um, dedicated to music kind of inspired me to to bring these these pieces that were really I've been keep, keeping kind of close to my chest to them and so that kind of yeah it kind of piqued their interest we made a uh, we made a demo track and then we brought in a musician friend of theirs named Seth he was an old an old head from the uh, <laughs> 90s punk era uh, in New York City kind of had a story about that yeah <laughs> um, what is it no, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a character right i don't know if he want he would want me to to share this okay. but so he he liked the demo track we made but he didn't really want to work with somebody untested or unproven what have you so <laughs> he he made like this i don't know you call it like a, like a rune or a sigil or this like this arcane drawing and he wanted me to to write that sigil in my own blood wow and that's commitment yeah yeah so to prove my commitment and my dedication and my to the elder gods or something <laughs> of of punk or so yeah so i did that and it wasn't a ton of blood but <laughs> it was you know just a cut on the finger but yeah so that that proved it to him and uh, he became a part of the project at the beginning as well so yeah so the the motivation really was just to to put something out in the world and we didn't start with a a grand concept per se but just a, a collection of songs and a collection of great great musicians <laughs> and me 
who are some of your greatest influences? As I like to refer to are the people that maybe you've read the most, listened to the most, those, those tend to be your greatest influences. So who who are the, the folks that you've, you've spent the most time with as artists that probably have influenced you? Sure. So, so as far as musically, I first kind of fell in love with music when I discovered like classic 70s and 80s punk, Black Flag, Bad Brains, Replacements, Husker Du, stuff like that. Kind of going into the 90s with Fugazi and Refused at the Drive-In. So that kind of set a, set a musical background for me. <clears throat> as far as lyrical influences, I kind of fell in love with the, the, the OG 70s New York punk scene. Not so much like, like the Ramones and the Dolls with their street punk thing which was great but then you'd have like patty smith or, or television or, or richard hell kind of drawing from from rambo or the avant-garde and that that I, th I thought that was really cool and kind of led me to discover <clears throat> other artists in poetry so yeah a little bit of those french symbolists from then and then kind of going into burrows and the, the beats and uh, a lot of other cool stuff but i could i could ramble about that all day honestly let's go to <laughs> yeah. the next song the world owes me no something <laughs> Kind of refer to this this song as an anti-anthem. What does that mean? Because it's it's kind of made as like a rousing 
inspirational song, but but lyrically, it's kind of really about the failure of the promise made to our generation by like the fucking baby boomers and you know yeah i I love the title the world owes me something and then the chorus the world owes me something and but i don't know what it is right sure it's it like so much of your writing you you leave space for the imagination to to fill in for each person to kind of answer it themselves i i like this part too on the verse that I highlighted, I'll, I'll go through it all. One day, one day, we all will die. We had a fountain, but they stripped it dry. And I feel a ripple in time itself. Stop the travesty of souls to sell. Debt collectors armed to the teeth serve the papers and they kill the thief. Ant Hill skyline blocks the sun like a growing carcinogen. And it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. <laughs> and I, I do see the the other part of it at the the end where I, I just love the the artistic aspect of the very end where mm-hmm. you just kind of fade out fade back into this poem as the yeah. music is playing so it, this, that was jake who was producer and did a bunch of different instruments on it that this was his I- idea to kind of frame it as like a speech i think he brought in like we had the the main part of the track here and then he he put some like some hand claps and you know some cheering and stuff and then i was like holy shit this is a <laughs> this is like this is time for a speech but it's not going to be a you know it's not going to be a speech to move the masses to well i don't want to say not it won't move the masses to revolution but you know it's more just just filled with you know kind of loathing and and disgust and observation of the of you know of what's going on yeah like if you're not disgusted with the world right now yeah and i guess it's kind of inspirational in a way in a way but (laughs) yeah i mean it it it's it's eye-opening i hope it's just eye-opening anyone who's experienced Hmm. losing someone from a death of despair from an overdose or from suicide you know the last line now we are pawns of the atrociously wealthy our only reprieve, Xanax, blackouts, and fentanyl ODs. That does capture a zeitgeist, unfortunately, that these ODs are directly related to yeah. the atrociously wealthy. Yeah, like There's said, poverty like and despair. Yeah. That's a very, that, that term really hits the <laughs> nail right on the head for why, why our mental health is so bad as a, as a, you know, as a group cohort ever. So we are on the last song before we talk a little bit more about the role of the artist. Should we just play it? Let's go for it. All right.
So this song then features John, who's the guitarist in Nomas. He he guessed it on guitar here. So that kind of accounts for it's fucking how hard it hits, really. Yeah, that last song, mm -hmm. I first time playing it that loud. And you added, obviously, something to that, the bass at the very end. First yeah, time I yeah, heard the that. Bass drum, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> That's an incredible it's... album, man. A lot of work. And, and just to comment on that last song as a as an audience ear, I love the, and I, I don't know if you meant to do this, but one of the lines, tremble before the gates of your iniquity. I, I see that as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you meant it that way or not, but I, and, and then when you use the word deified, that for me, yeah. kind of locked that no, in. Not quite a literal hell, yeah. but more like, you know, the hell that we make of the world. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing that yeah, album. I'm glad to listen to it anytime. <laughs> Howl from the Void. So, you know, I, I almost, we, we can almost like stop here because there's so, I, I think the art speaks for itself, but I do just want to, you know, ask you a few more questions before we close out. Yeah. And I, I think everyone has a different answer to this question. But artists have always existed since human consciousness came to be, whatever that means. And how do you see yourself as an artist in these turbulent times? Well, I think I think great art always comes out of turbulence in one way or another. Maybe not, maybe not immediately. I know in my case that, like, like I've been in some dark places, and I didn't immediately commit that to, to pen or paper or, or to tape but you know eventually it does it does become a part of your your worldview and your your creation and so i guess what i'm trying to say is that it's even if <clears throat> you can be both a reflection of the time the turbulent times and kind of kind of above it really does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, and I, and the whole framing of this series <laughs> with James Baldwin, where he has written a lot about how everyone's suffering oftentimes feels like it isolates us, but suffering in a way can be a bridge because yeah. everyone suffers in their own way. And we're all sure. alone no in this world in some way. We all come in this world alone and go out this world alone, but yeah. that suffering, it bridges us and, and actually connects us together. Yeah, there's very few ways to 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 communicate that suffering i'd say other than through art like maybe i'm just not a big feelings person but you know it's 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 definitely a different kind of different kind of outlets it's absolutely necessary and <laughs> and i think in us all is the potential to create i think the consciousness allows us the creative potential and oftentimes a lot of people don't have that cultivated they don't have the space they don't have the environment or the people around them that that help them with the cultivation of their creative faculties and and i guess what i'm asking is people who may be looking to create and are in, aspiring to create art what advice would you give them so at the risk of this is probably going to sound kind of circular but you just have to start somewhere like you don't need to go into it with a 
a grand a grand design in fact i would recommend against that because because then you'll just get bogged down in in details that are irrelevant to you at the beginning you just have to start making something making something small it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be music it doesn't have to be writing painting anything just bring some bring some splash of color to, to your fucking life and you know as you become more become more artistic and you know it's a sense you have to you have to like refine your senses and all all that so just just start doing something <laughs> so in closing the final question thank you so much for your time and yeah, for sharing this beautiful you. piece of work that you've done and where do you see optimism and hope i see you know as as shitty as 2020 was you know i did see hope in in the fact that musicians are still making music writers are still writing people are out in the in the streets just enduring a fucking pandemic fighting for what they believe in and against injustice and you know it just shows you that life life will go on 